Welcome to Dig Me Out, the 90s alternative and indie rock podcast dedicated to the obscure and the forgotten. I am your host, Tim Minichi. Once again, joining me is my friend, colleague, former bandmate, former radio DJ colleague, and long-suffering football fan, Jason Ziek. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm kind of depressed after that intro, though, but I'll try to get through it. Well, I should explain, you're a Browns fan and I'm a Bills fan, so that we pretty much have nothing but misery in common when it comes to football. This week, we are reviewing a really obscure band. So obscure, they don't even have a Wikipedia page. When you don't have a Wikipedia page, you're obscure. Uh, The band is Luster, and the name of their album is Luster. Yeah, and that's really weird, because this is an album that I really remember. I remember the album cover very specifically, and I remember the band name. So it was kind of odd that they are basically non-existent in terms of (laughs) we tried to do any research on them. This is all I found out. The album came out in the spring of 96 on A&M. They are from North Carolina, or were from North Carolina. They were a trio, and they appear on the Empire Records soundtrack. And that's it. Yeah. So let's just get into the record, because there's not much else to talk about. What would you think of the record? (laughs) Uh, I really liked it a lot, which is uh, kind of bittersweet in terms of uh, it's one of those albums you listen to and three songs in, I'm like, who the hell is this band? Who Who is in the band? I need to find out what they did before this. I need to listen to what they did after it. And there's not much out there to find. Like you said, I think the singer and guitar player has gone on to do another band recently, which I'm trying to remember the name of the band. The nickel slots. Yeah, they that's they're the not an, no. They're not at all like luster at all. No. Um, a couple of things that struck me were uh, production wise, it's really strong. Um, the guitars sound great. It sounds you know big, but not overproduced in any way. Really, you can tell it's a three piece when you listen to it because uh, they stay pretty true to the three piece format in terms of how they record the album. The guitars are doubled. Um, but he basically plays the same part twice, so it just kind of gives it this really big, huge guitar sound. Um, but there's not much going on in terms of, you know, tech, whatever. He just occasionally does some overdubs, some guitar solos and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, when you listen to it, you know you're listening to a three-piece, which is actually kind of uh, refreshing. Well, it's funny, because uh, when I was listening to it, I didn't know they were a three-piece. And I was like, you know, this kind of reminds me, guitar-wise, like hum with that big fat guitar tone uh, yeah that's it's not quite metal but it's it's way heavier than anything that was going on at the time in terms of mainstream music except for maybe smashing pumpkins on you know siamese dream what um what year did this album come out this is 96 yeah yeah i mean one of the things that i was reminded of and this may sound odd but there were there are moments on this album, specifically guitar-wise, where it reminds me a lot of uh, Catherine Wheel's Happy Days. Um, there's some riffs and just some little guitar things he does. Sometimes that maybe even the tone, and it, it almost makes me wonder if that's a, a band that, that Catherine Wheel listened to before they did that album, or I guess it would have came out about the same time, right? I think Happy Days was 95, but I'll have to double-check my sources on You know, musically, they're not similar at all, but there's something about the guitar tone and the, some of the parts that are, remind me of, of that album, which is, um, you know, obviously, Catherine Wheel's probably most uh, straightforward rock album. Vocally, 
I heard uh, I heard some Bob Mold. I heard you know Sugar. Sugar um, was definitely a band that I heard too. I, yeah. I was getting like, I, you know, I'm not gonna say this. They were influenced by them, but in terms of contemporaries, the Toadies and Failure were two bands that I heard a similar like guitar tone, songwriting structure, vocal delivery. Like those were the two bands that besides Sugar that I really heard a lot of. Or if, if you're going to say, what does this band sound like to somebody? A lot of people know who the Toadies are. I mean, they, they know the song Possum Kingdom. And if you said, well, they sound like that song Possum Kingdom, I'm not saying it's a direct correlation, but it's not far off. Yeah, I think rhythm section-wise, I heard a lot of uh, the Dinosaur Jr. approach where yeah, yeah. the drums are kind of bombastic and they're not sloppy, but they're, uh, there's a lot of fills. There's a lot going on dynamically with the drums. They're not just, you know, just kind of playing a straightforward beat and sort of doing a, some crash hits on the on the transitions. There's actually some, you know, a lot of tom stuff going on, a lot of fills. That kind of keeps it uh, keeps things interesting, especially for the band being a three piece. You know, I think got some really good hooks on it. Uh, the up tempo songs are great. There's some really good guitar riffs, really good guitar parts on it. Um, it's not just, you know, three chords, three chords, three chords. You know, it's actually got some riffs, which I, I have to admit, I have a pretty good fondness for for 80s metal. So for me, anytime I hear stuff like that, there's just something about it that uh, connects with me. That's why I've always been pretty big uh, Jay Maskus, Dinosaur Jr. fan is because I can hear some of that stuff come through in terms of just the guitar playing. It's very much uh, classic rock oriented in terms of there's riffs, there's solos. Um, that whole dynamic is in place. Yeah, every song has a really interesting riff at some point. Like, even if it's, you know, the verse is maybe a standard, like, two, three, four chord riff that he's just singing over, he is always interjecting some sort of interesting pre-chorus or something in the bridge. I mean, there are there are tons of interesting and fun uh, guitar licks that he's playing. And I, I just, I, you know, I'm always amazed when three pieces pull that off when... A guy who's playing really cool, and sometimes they don't veer off of a you know a standard four-four rock beat all that often. But sometimes they get a little you know out there, throw some change-ups in, and when the guy can still sing over top of that, is when I'm sort of like, wow, this band was doing a lot more than a lot of other bands were doing with the same stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some. There's some really good hooks on here. Vocally, it's really strong. Production-wise, it's strong. And um, it's a short record. I mean, there's only one song over five minutes. Everything yeah. else is like in the four-minute range or less. It's a it's a tight record. They didn't. There's not a lot of filler on this record. They just wanted to put out, you know, like ten solid, catchy. There's not a lot of slow songs. Everything is like up tempo, mid tempo. I think there's like really one slow song on the whole record. So. You know, they knew what they were doing. It's it's a shame that they didn't put out any more stuff after this because it really is for a 90s alternative guitar rock record. This is pretty, you know, strong and, and unique that that they were able to pull it off for 10 straight songs. Maybe the second record would have blown. Maybe they would have, you know, <laughs> dabbled in 15-minute long epic five-part songs or maybe they would have gone country. I don't know. Well, there's a, there's a slow song on there. I'm trying to think of which one it's, it is it's track five stay how long yeah it sounds 
familiar. Is that the song from Empire Records or? No, the 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 track from Empire Records was track six, Nice Overalls. Oh wow, okay, that's one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, that and then California was the single. That was the one that had like a music video, which you can watch on YouTube actually. And this is the little interesting tidbit that I found while trying to actually find information about this band. While I was searching for luster videos on YouTube, and there aren't a whole lot, one of them was actually put up by a, a user named John A. Ray, and the bass player for Luster was John Ray. So I think he actually threw up some of the um, some of the videos. Speaking of California, something that's really cool about that is that song actually starts immediately as part of the song before it. I mean, it's yeah. done so it's done so seamlessly. It almost makes me wonder if they actually recorded these songs back to back as they hit the chord at the end of the song before it and they go right into this and little things like that and the way the albums produce it kind of sounds like like a, a band in a room you know it's not uh it's produced well enough that it sounds really good but there's something about it that sounds really live um, which is kind of nice so overall you were uh you were happy finding this gem yeah yeah i mean this is something that i'll i'll be listening to for years you know and and not get sick of the really good album it's unfortunate they didn't do more, but, you know, they at least made this. And I think it's definitely something that people should check out, especially if you're into some of the bands that we mentioned. If you like riffs, if you like, you know, just good hooky songs, melodic vocals, you should definitely check this band out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can find used copies on uh, on Amazon and eBay and places like that. I don't think that they're on iTunes. Is no. A&M Records even still around anymore? I don't even think they're around anymore. They are. I looked on Amazon, and I think all I found was used, used CDs and used LPs. So if you want this, you gotta either dig up the MP3 somewhere, or you're gonna probably have to find it used, which is unfortunate. But uh, it's definitely worth digging around for and checking out. There you have it, folks. We we dig them out so that you can dig them. I want to thank Jason for another excellent episode, and we'll be back next week, same time, with Dig Me Out. Visit the Dig Me Out podcast at digmeoutpodcast.blogspot.com. Join our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at Dig Me Out Podcast.